Coming up in this episode of the KitCast, we combine air hockey and foosball together. We A way to keep those pesky rugs in place, and we bring the movie theater home using a goofy head-mounted display. So sit back and relax. It's time for the KitCast. Hey everybody, it is time for another episode of the KitCast. I am KT Data, and joining me is a man who is so dedicated to podcasting that he will stay up to the wee hours of the night doing research and his wife will catch him and he has to just look innocent and go, it's for the show, I promise. That's me. Drew Tyler. How that you doing, Drew? Me. I'm very good and that is dedication. <laughs> that is wee dedication. hours of the night, I am surfing all sorts of podcasting things. Things and whatnots and, play, yeah. and playing games to make sure they're, so you, you have things That's to my research. About. Yep, playing, <laughs> playing video games. In fact, that's that's the whole reason why I, I joined a podcast is so I have an excuse to play video games. And so far, my plan is working. See, the, that's the irony of it. That's why I started Kita because I needed an excuse to start watching anime again since it kind of fell off. And it works. That's, that's why we, I have Kita going on there. Um, now, now I have a, a, a public that expects me to yes. do things and be places. Yeah, that's why you tell your wife that. And <laughs> I, I, I just think I probably need to get her a bigger Christmas gift this year. <laughs> to I, keep... I'm sorry I got him addicted on the podcasting bug. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe Jeff and Rachel do. They're the ones that pull me away weekly. You and I, we only go every other week. It's easy. Yeah, and we do it remote. See, I try yeah, to see. make it as convenient for you yes, to go talk yes. to her all as, as, as much as possible. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, all right. So if you guys have never seen the KitCast before, first of all, welcome. And what Drew and I do is we scour the internet to find the latest, the greatest, the most unique projects on these crowdfunding sites. And yes. we bring them to you and we yes. let you know if you need to back, track, or sack them. Yes, we, we'll, we'll scour it up for you. Yeah. And along the way, we've learned a lot of things. And so we'll, let's just jump into the news. And our yes. first news item, this is kind of cool. Um, Indiegogo has created something called the Indiegogo Playbook. And what that is, is it's kind of a tutorial that kind of walks you through the creation process of a project. Yeah, it's like the yays and nays. Yeah, it starts from your idea conception to actually making the project, to running the project, and to post. So after, what you got to do after your campaign. And they there are, there's a lot of sections in here if you actually look through it. Um, and if so, if you're thinking of making a crowdfunding project, even if it's not on Indiegogo, right. I highly suggest you read this. There's a lot of good tidbits. Like one of the great tidbits I found is that we, this is to quote the guide, we found that people usually contribute to campaigns for four different reasons. People, passion, participation, and perks. The four Ps. Okay. I like that. The four Ps. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, other ideas like ca- campaigns run by two or more t- team members raise 94% more money than campaigns run by sin- single I'm individuals. I'm surprised by that. Um, but it kind of makes sense because right. one of the things that we always kind of tell people is make sure you advertise to your network. So when you have a co- couple people on your crowdfunding project, your network Double, is a lot yep. bigger and more diverse. Yeah, that's true. And you got broad, a broader voice and, and very easily a, a, a stronger team that you know, can cover more bases of fulfillment or, you know, execution of the project, whatever it is. So, yeah. so it makes sense. Yeah. So if you guys are thinking of a project, make sure you guys go check that out on Indiegogo's website. It's probably like half an hour read and it is well worth it. There's tons of information in there that you should check out. Um, all right. Let's go on to our next story, which is again about Indiegogo. In the news with and Indiegogo. So we've talked about this a little bit. We've talked about equity crowdfunding and how that's... Um, 
something that's going to start becoming a thing soon because of, could, could, of, yes. of, of, of different laws that have passed. Um, right. And some that are still getting kind of ironed out. Like there's, there's a question mark in a few of them, but yeah. yes. Yeah. So we, we find out from the CNBC article that um, the Indiegogo founders in, are actually looking at doing equity crowdfunding when it passes. Um, and one of the things that's actually holding it up is this law called the Jumpstart Our Business Startups or the Jobs Act. And um, this act is actually supposed to help people. Um, and there, there's a specific section on it. It's going to get a little legalese right there. It's, it, there's this Title Three section. And what happens is they made a change that would allow non-accredited investors. So pretty much people who do not make $200,000 a right. year or have right. a net worth less than $1 million. I know I definitely have a net worth of less than $1 million. <laughs> That would be me. Um, and I definitely make less than $200,000 a year. Or, what? Or we'd have an awesome studio to do all this in. Um, <laughs> That's our next goal. We're getting there. Yeah, it allows them to kind of invest into companies. So, Drew, you know, it's been a while since I've asked this question. Would you do equity crowdfunding? I think I think I would, but I also think I'm smarter than the average man. Yeah, I, 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 I think you've been exposed more to the startup scene. I mean, both of us know Randall Bennett. We know a lot starter. of he's a, a starter. Lot, lot of a lot of people who have started startup companies. So they kind of you understand the risks a little bit better than other people, right? Right, exactly. And I think that's what I worry about with with this idea of equity funding is that you're going to get a lot of people who are, are you know even new to crowd crowdfunding as a whole, and when they see you know part part you know you got to be a part of a company or buy equity in a company uh man i i just don't think enough people are going to go far enough with their due diligence to decide whether or not that's worth their money and there's going to be a lot of hassle and headache for somebody that's you know buying equity maybe they can streamline it maybe they can make it a little easier but i guess i just really worry that the average joe is going to be buying equity and not realize how many startups actually falter that, you know, that, yeah. that you, you really like, there's a whole reason why they say diversify your portfolio and why investors will fund 20 projects and hope that one of them hits, you know, or more. It, that's, that's my worry, yeah. but it's the, bound to happen. Yeah. The burn rate on startups is pretty high. A lot of people don't realize this, but it's, it's higher than you think. You know, you see the one or two that get, make it big, but there are literally hundreds that don't because yeah. of that. And I think I think that would be the the concern if you look at even Kickstarter and Indiegogo in the last year or two, they're they're a small tier of projects who have funded to the level where it actually might make sense to own a piece of that pie. There's only like I, I can think of two or three, and there's probably not many more that actually got to that point where if you did have equity and if you had enough of it, it would make a good ROI for you know a good return. But yeah, we'll see what they do. Yeah, um, if it was me. I, I might do it, but you can guarantee that I'd spend at least two weeks just right. researching the backgrounds of all these guys, what yep. other things they've done, if they've been successful or not, what's the likelihood of like the science and stuff behind a lot of this. I, I would do all this research before I would put a dime yep. into kind of equity crowdfunding. So keep an eye out for that. Um, whenever the government decides to implement all these rule changes, people have been waiting for about two years now for them to change. So <laughs> who knows uh, when that's going to happen. Um, but it might be coming to an Indiegogo near you. Ooh. We'll see. All right. So, Drew, we might be a little biased about this. But <laughs> are you sick of crowdfunding? No, sir. No. I love it. No. Every week, I love it. Um, this is probably part of the backlash on there. So um, there's an article with the Wasteland 2 developers. So if that sounds familiar. They actually ran a Kickstarter campaign. They did well, right? Yeah. This is pretty much the... Um, the successor 
to the old uh, Fallout games uh-huh. that, that weren't Fallout 3 in New Vegas because some people wanted more to the core of the original two. And this is what Wasteland is trying to do. Um, and somebody asked him, "Is do you think people are sick of Kickstarter and crowdfunding projects? And so he, what he said was, he's like, I don't think people are sick of crowdfunding projects per se, but these are these most of these projects are aiming at a super super small niche of people, and what's happening is the need in those niches are slowly getting filled. Um, right, right, or and or and or uh, he mentions that Kickstarter is kind of doing its job in filtering out projects that don't have a fan base to support or don't have. I mean, I could have a great idea that I think is wonderful, and if I don't find the bodies to say yes and vote with their their checkbooks, then it wouldn't, you know, it doesn't, it's not going to bear fruit. And yeah. so that's kind of what he's saying. It's like that's that's what Kickstarter is there for. You find the audience, and if it fails, it's because you didn't find the audience. Yeah, I think it's great market research on there. I mean, because every ideas are a dime a dozen. Now, ideas that are implemented well. That's another story on there. Right. So, I, yeah, I think it's doing a good job. And people just, I don't know why. People are like, oh, if we launch a Kickstarter, we're going to just make X amount of dollars. And I'm just looking at true. you like, I don't know if I'd back a project from you if you're that confident, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. It's because, like, sure, you're going to take risks and stuff, but you might take too many risks and just totally bone yourself in the end from that. Um so, yeah, I, I'm not sick of crowdfunding projects. I love finding these projects and seeing people who are actually passionate about the ideas working together. And, like, the ones who have the plans put together are really um, – I'm confident. I mean, um, like like these niche kind of things. People wanted another sequel to the old Fallout games, and that's why they made a um, – another one he put was an Amplitude sequel. I actually backed that because I, I love – that a while ago? No, that actually just ended, like, last week. Oh. Um, Harmonix. Okay the guys who make rock band and uh, uh-huh, guitar uh-huh. hero, you know, a lot of people don't realize they're actually an indie company hmm. on there that just happened to have, make a deal with Activision, but okay. they're, they're, they're a fully independent game company and they made amplitude before they made all those games and they wanted to bring that back. Hmm. So they brought it to the crowd and you know, the crowd's like, yeah, we want it. That's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't never think about that. I mean, Harmonix Activision put in a lot of money for their E3 showings. And uh, I always had like the backstage come in and try the latest rock band. And so this is interesting to realize. In fact, I don't know any much about Amplitude. Amplitude's awesome. You kind of play a ship and you kind of do the, the guitar hero rock band stuff on there. Oh, you're and a boat? You're, you're a spaceship. Oh, a spaceship. And, and, and you, you got to move it across the street. It's in, It was insanely hard. It was on the PS2. Oh, I'm uh, looking at pictures now. It's ringing yeah. some bells. Yep. Okay. Yeah, but they raised a ton of money. But that's because one, they're Harmonix, and two, the original game was so loved by people that they're like, "Yeah, I'll chip in money um, on there." And they got a, and I backed a lot of money into that, um, <laughs> like two hundred dollars because I wanted a vinyl. I have issues um, on there, so. Yeah, I wouldn't say we're sick of crowdfunding projects at no. all. Um, but, no, <laughs> maybe. But, but, Your collector's edition, yeah, baby. Yeah, but if if you guys are sick of crowdfunding projects, please write in or let us know why you're sick of crowdfunding projects. Because I'd be so curious what to know why you are. Because it takes an hour of well, half hour of their their lives every two weeks to listen to you and I yap yap about it. That's why. That's why. Yeah, yeah, but they should always listen. They should always listen. <laughs> All right, Drew. Let's jump into. We got our, some projects our, yeah, today. We got our, three wild projects. Yeah. We we got some pretty fun projects. All right, so our first one right here. So, are you a foosball player? I have all? I have played. Let's say yeah. that I have played. So you're probably like me and terrible at it, right? I I I I don't I don't 
I like playing with somebody who I know is like not really skilled, but when I get into an like if I ever play somebody that knows what they're doing and they play foosball, yeah, a lot, and they're like I, doing just, these spins yeah. and stuff, and you're like, yeah, and I'm just swinging. It's like, oh, <laughs> just keep going down the hill. So I'm I'm not. I, I can't say that I'm a huge fan. Yeah, this is why I stick to games that use buttons and glowing <laughs> LEDs on like TriCaster control panels. Perfect. Those are those are real. But so Foot Blast is kind of like a foosball table, but it takes it to the next level. So just like your normal, so it doesn't have as many people on on the field as a foosball table would. But what happens is there's two ways of actually hitting the ball across the field. You can hit it like normal on a foosball table by turning the little air compressor thing. Or at the end of all these knobby things, there's kind of like a tube and you can press down on your air compressor thing and it'll shoot air out of the player and you can move the ball. And the ball's like a ping pong ball, it's, so it's super light. Yeah, it's like every every player on the field is riding an air cannon. Yeah. Like they're standing on an air cannon. And so I, I, I love the, this kind of idea how it, it's taking it to, you know, to a brand new level, right? And you can have up to four people playing, which is kind of cool on there. Um and it measures, let's see, 45 inches by 30 inches by 10 inches plus another 25 inches for the feet. So 35 inches tall-ish. Oh, oh. So, so it's fairly sized table uh-huh, uh-huh. on there. And they put some really good figures on top. That's why I'm like, whoa. I, I'm wondering if you could use like the some of these, like the goalie, because he's kind of reaching out as a like second arm to block things. or. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it looks really fun on there. Um, and so... There's only one drawback for me is because looking at the price, it's uh, two ninety nine Canadian space dollars, which equals about two seventy five right, in right. the U S. and some change on there. So that's about the price of a foosball table out there. Um, um yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I've seen them from like two hundred to like five hundred dollars, and there's probably even higher ones for like nicer foosball tables. Right on there. So that's that's not bad. The thing that killed me though is the shipping. <laughs> Is about 150 Canadian dollars, which is like 130 dollars. Um, yeah, on top just of that. to get it. To, hmm. Yeah, but I get it because you're you're shipping a table essentially <laughs> everywhere, and tables are not that easily moved and light on there. So I don't know. What do you what do you, what do you think about this thing? Uh, uh, I don't know. I I kind of like the novelty of it. I think it's kind of it's it's fun to say, hey, let's play foosball instead of swinging people around. Let's put air, you know, little air puffers under them, um, and so you still swing them in a different axis, and and you can blow the ball. So novelty is fun. I think that there's something for me that's just missing. Like when I honestly like read this and watched the video, I got this feeling of like like a you know like a biathlon. How in the hell did they get cross country skiing mixed up with <laughs> rifle shooting? Right. So I got that same feeling. It was like, where was this when somebody was like, "Hey, air hockey's fun, foosball's fun. Let's find a way to put them both on the table." And this is like what they, you know, came combined to come up with. So I have, I guess, I have a lot of reservations. Um, I don't love the, I don't love foosball enough to get behind this. And I just felt like, I don't know. I felt like the cannons weren't. Like it wasn't almost like strategic enough that I could feel. And again, maybe I just have to play it once. But I just felt like with these little air poppers that they have to kind of squish things, there was just too many like question marks for me. That I didn't feel like I'd have the control. I mean, foosball. What control do you have anyway? It's just swinging. And I felt like this was the same. So I, unless there was something that was like I could suck that ball into my cannon and then pivot and then aim 
that made a little bit more sense. But if you think about it, foosball, that ball is constantly going to be moving. The only time in a real foosball game that you get to aim something is when he bumps up against your leg and you wait for it and then you swing at the right moment or right trajectory if you can even get your guy's leg off halfway. I felt like this was missing that because now you're spinning in like clockwork circles and just you can't you can't be any more specific than what you're just puffing air out so if there was a way to like suck the ball in hold on to it and then pivot aim there might be a little bit more strategy for like passing the ball back and forth or something but i don't know for me this is this was uh i don't know (laughs) too many question marks and while it's a great idea and i think it's a fun and brilliant invention not something that i would back therefore i'm actually going to call this one a sack for me it's a track because the only thing that's Actually, I just realized another thing is so the only two things that are detracting me is one, I have to bend over to get this because this is a pretty short table yeah. for a person like me. I'm a six foot, <laughs> I'm, I'm a six foot person, so like put it on another table. Just just <laughs> put a table on a table, <laughs> table on a table on a table. And for a minute, can, I thought you were gonna yeah. say you had to bend over to yeah. get it shipped to you. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, well, the second part is it's it's a little pricey for me. So yeah. I would I would say track on there. Um. Like if you have the room and the space to have one of these things, I, you know, be cool. Right. Maybe, be fun. maybe we can make a trip to Canada to go try one of these. See, I would love to. I think I would love to try it. Yes. The other thing I question is that when you're almost possibly three, you know, a few days into a project, there should be like we talk about all the time, have some traction before you hit go. And there's still yeah. zero backers and zero and zero, you know, pledged. And it's only a seven thousand dollar Canadian seven thousand dollar goal. And so I feel like. They should. I'm sure they put skin in the game because they've got this working prototype. But I feel like there should be some sort of incentive there that just says, "Yes, we have backers. Yes, we have money in the pot." But yeah, they, they, that, maybe that's coming. I don't know. Maybe yeah. they, they've got a long sixty day or fifty three days. Yeah, I think if they if they had a ch- cheaper shipping rate, so if they were shipping from the U.S., it might be actually a little bit lower. Because I'm confused why they show a p- picture of their patent, which right, is a US, U.S. patent, US but they're patent. from Canada. So I'm mm-hmm. like, uh, what? <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then, so that is the foot blast. Um, and while we're on the topic of kind of feet in general, um, you probably have a couple of rugs around the house, right, Drew? I have lots of rugs in every bathroom, kitchen, under the table. Yes, yeah. I have lots. And how how often do you ever find them like all bunched up and whatnot? Or, or <laughs> the, one, the one thing I hate is the one near my uh, garage door that I open up. Every mm-hmm. single day it is bunched up before, and I have to pull it and straighten it out before I can even open the door. It's going to get caught. Oh, see, there. I hate that. I hate that. Like when it, when it gets when it gets in the way of the door working properly. We have a bathroom door that does that. Yes. Um, so tell people a little bit about slip guard and how that might be a solution for this. So you have your options when you're trying to do something with a uh, with a bath mat or a, any sort of a carpet on your floors. You have a solution, and those solutions out there are the non-stick pads that you can buy, little non-abrasive rubber sticks that you can apply somehow to the back of the carpet. I don't know how many times we've done this. We have a nice little fish-shaped carpet in the kids' bathroom, and we ended up moving it downstairs because it would not stay on the ground because of this. Even when we, like, trace out a shape of a fish in the non-slip you know you know what i'm talking about it's like a little yeah. spider webby looking yeah, stuff th- those like white things that don't work <laughs> yeah exactly so this one's awesome this one is, is called a slip guard this gentleman has come up with a fantastic idea for his project um non-slip rug grip in a freaking can right in a can so 
he has gone through and, and he's a floor salesman. He knows floors. He went through and put this same rubbery type of uh, adhesive. It's not even adhesive, but like it's a, you know, it's a protector of sorts. Plus, it's a non-slipper. You b- flip your carpet over and you spray it down. Ta-da. And then he goes through it. The video was, um, you know, relatively dry because, you know, we're video guys. But there was the, the number of places where he showed this thing sticking and, and examples and all the different things that he showed were pretty amazing. So there was a lot of like, wow, wow, wow moments when he was showing this thing off. So he's gone a long ways. He's already got, as far as I could tell, he's already got like people, you know, ready to produce and create and sell this even. I guess I kind of questioned why it was a Kickstarter because it looked like his project, you know, the idea was fully formed and ready to go from what I could tell. Um, but there you go. It's a spray can that puts that sticky coating on the back of the carpet. So nothing between the two, the carpet and the stick never sticks or never slips. And you throw that, you know, on your rug right outside your garage door or in my bathroom and it's going to stay down on the floor. His, his examples, video examples were amazing to show that off. Yeah. Um, and I kind of looked a little bit deeper. So what he's doing is he actually has all the stuff canned. Ready to yeah, go, but he need, go. he just needs extra money to label the cans and get all the packaging ready to go, so he can ship them oh, out. Oh, see, I saw the packaging and yeah. I thought that, that it was all ready to package. So that's that makes sense. The the it does it looks good. Yeah, so he he only needs eighteen thousand dollars. So I'm surprised he, he's only at a buck right now. Um, again, the momentum uh, kind of thing. Yes, where where is it? And, and he may have just no, he's been up for ten days, eight days. Yeah, and. It's a good idea too, and he, he mentions that he's actually already starting to work with you know carpet manufacturers and people of the likes there to kind of get this working. It, it's a great idea, and he actually brought up a point. Some of these carpets they have uh, like a really rough back surface, and since I don't have any hardwood floor in my house, I've never thought about it. But some of right. those carpets can actually scratch your hardwood floor, yeah. so this kind of does a uh, protectorant on top of it, and also with a slip guard on top of it. Keeps it um, nice and nice and clean. Protect your floors. Keep the pizza carpets in place. So, this for me is a back. I I love the idea, and I will add my doll my dollars to his one dollar, whatever is there. Uh, it's just I I love it. I love the idea, and I think it would make sense. Especially, does he talk about how many carpets you can spray? Like how how much uh, is in one? Tent? I think you can get one. What was it? Uh, I think you can get one large carpet. From this can, or you can get a few, um, like a four by six or something. Yeah, yeah. So fifty square feet, so about an eight oh, by five rug. Oh yeah, so uh, huge. Small. Yeah, that's all. It's a lot. I mean, people. I. It's surprising, but a lot of people don't realize those air compressor cans. They can hold a lot in there. Right. Right. Um, so that's that's where I'm at. I, I I'm a back on this one. Um. Yeah, it's a back for me too because I ugh, carpets on there <laughs> trying trying to trying to get keep these mats down is a pain especially in utah because the reason why you probably have a mat is for the winter time when people yep. are trudging in snow and yep. mud and dirt so wet mud yep yeah it kind of helps keep everything clean and i think this is, it's a fair price it, it is and the, the kit comes he, he gives you everything you need it gives you the masking tape so you don't overspray it he also even gives you the plastic wrap so you don't have to go like cut a bag open or anything to when you're applying it so it's like it's like a full drop cloth yeah. and a full tape yeah yeah you're ready to go from there so it's a back from me I, it, it, it especially if you can do that much space i think at that level i think his perks level is like 50 50 dollars to, to have that perk to actually get one and that makes sense if you can do that much that much i could do three or four of my rugs with that and that's that's worth it okay so that's awesome. That is the slip guard. Okay. So let's do something fun. I, w- I wanted to do something really, really fun. Yes, and, let's. You know, 
both of us seen the news industry and kind of the you know business side of a lot of things, and they love buzzwords, right? Yes, buzzwords. they do. So, in the world of gaming, what what do you think is the buzzword right now? Hmm. Would that buzzword be VR? Yes. So yes. Virtual reality is big. You know, Facebook just bought Oculus for a Two. boatload of money on mm. there. Um, on there, and we we and at CES, both of us were there, and you started seeing a lot more head-mounted displays coming out. Yeah. And some of them, instead of just making you buy the entire head-mounted display, have you use this your mobile phone on there? Cause, yes. Because we're starting to get phones that are like six inches in size and what people don't realize is when you put a phone that close to here it can actually simulate a larger screen because you're just like right there and it's fully immersive it looks a little stupid though when you're holding it up here but um hey that, but but, but. but that, that's where we are so our our next project right here is actually called the go show and it's actually trying to make the experience of wearing it it's not going to make you look less goofy there's I, I don't know anything that would make you look less goofy, yeah, no. but it wants to give you even a more immersive experience by making you feel like you're in a theater or another area on there. Um, so what it does is, if you can see on the screen, it actually simulates a virtual cinema and then puts them whatever movie you're watching on the virtual screen, per se, on there, so you feel like you're actually just sitting in a seat in a movie theater. Or I love some of these things that are like, so maybe you're watching Jurassic Park. How about we have a whole jungle around you, so you feel like you're a little bit more immersed in the game. Or this maybe is- that's what's been missing for me because I've tried a few of those, like you know, stick your phone right in front of your eyeballs. Yeah. So this you, is kind of cool. You just feel like a screen's in front of you, right? Right. So yeah. For, so this for, is fun. Yeah. For this one, like my favorite one is the you can pretend you're in T- Tony Stark's Malibu penthouse while watching <laughs> Iron Man. <laughs> that, 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 that's a cool one for me so and keep in mind since you're doing this virtual reality stuff you can turn your head and stuff and you'll see more of the theater so you can see an empty seat next to you you, you can see um like some of this like you can see the ceiling and make it all feel like you're actually in that place and that's what virtual reality is supposed to do is kind of escape on there um and what's interesting about this project actually hmm. is that it's actually already out on the app store you, if you have google play or, or an android device you can actually go search for Go Show and you'll find version one in there. So what they're actually doing in this case is they're trying to raise money so they can support iOS, um, support more streaming formats. So they want to put YouTube, Vimeo, Meta Cafe, Hulu. Think about it, Drew. People mm-hmm. could be watching the KitCast in VR. Just laying back in their, <laughs> with their big old blocky yeah. things on front of their face. and Yeah. Imagine what kind of like cinema we would have. Like I, if it was me, I'd design it so it's kind of like a warehouse all around <laughs> us and have past projects that we've covered kind of on a shell. So you can like, We're oh, hanging yeah, around. You know, the, like I, I think that'd be I cool. I like that. I like that. I think that's great. Um, they're trying to, yeah. And other things are trying to update movie controls. Um, you know, some of uh, get the movie player a little bit better. And they have this lens correction because some of these use different optic lenses that you can adjust. So you can get the right focal point. So flatten right. that out um, and pixel filtering. So if you have a phone that has a low um, resolution on it, it kind of makes everything smoother and to design more theaters or areas that you can sit on. Um, which, yeah, which is kind of, it's kind of cool. I think I really, this is one I really want to maybe see what it, what it looks like and try it. And so maybe I'll, I'll find some Android device in the next couple of days and try that first version. Cause I, I like the idea. I've never had a much success with, you know, with the, with the big headset displays, you know, you see these mm-hmm. in like the sky yeah. mall magazine all the time yeah. where it's like, yay. 
I've never had success with them. Like, I just feel like when I put them in front of my face, it's like, okay, I feel like I'm watching a six inch display six inches from my face. I never get this feeling of like, oh, it's, you know, re- relative to a 70, you know, 70 inch movie theater. I don't know. I just, I've never seen it. So I guess I'd like to try their app and see if that helps to kind of yeah. center it. And, and another thing I like is they're trying to, since this is a phone app, they're opening it up to not just one head mounted display. They they so some of the, the two that they mentioned is the Dorvos Dive. I've actually tried this thing at CES and oh, did you? We can actually I, I actually need to email the lady back and get a demo unit on it so we can actually yes. try it on yes, there. I, I love that because there's actually optics that you can adjust on it so you can get the right focal uh, length on there. Um, and then there's a VR Ace that just barely got funded on Kickstarter. And of course they're trying to get the Oculus and they're trying to get that other um, right. HDM one. On there, so the, you know they're trying to keep it open. I, I like how you can ha- have any kind of head-mounted display. That being said, not everybody has a head-mounted display, and not everybody's going to be willing to. Not for a long time. I don't get, think we're going to yeah. have them like prevalently. Uh, you, yeah, I really don't know that many people that have them now. So this that was another question. It's like great. I love that you're going, and maybe they're just skating where the puck is going, right? And it'll they'll connect with that eventually. Yeah. So um, for me. This is a track, just because it's not for everybody, but it's such a cool idea. Um, and this is the promise of virtual reality that I've wanted for quite some time. <laughs> yeah, and this uh, for me as well, a track. And I, and I think it's because uh, it's, yeah, it's, it is that promise. It's like, okay, this is what we expect when we see ourselves doing virtual reality things and we wear the headsets. We want to be able to at least enjoy a nice, immersive movie. This may be a solution for, for making that happen yeah. with the. You know, using the phone. Yeah, this might eliminate my need to go outside ever again, which I appreciate. <laughs> because you then, don't get outside at all anyway. Yeah, and who who didn't get burned over the weekend? <laughs> you didn't get yeah. burned. Yeah, I played in the pool and got burned. So what's the point of going outside? There's no. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, that's just you know, less pain. Touche. I could Touché. put I could put the pool around me while I'm watching the movie. Yeah. What, <laughs> what now? What now? I don't have to go outside. Yeah, I can just pretend to be outside. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, Drew. Um, that is actually our last project tonight. Where did the time Aww. go? Seriously. Aww. Like, I never know where the time goes because it, it, it just goes by so quickly on there. Um, if you guys have any comments you want to let us know about these projects, please yes. shoot us an email. Kickcast yes. at ktdata.net. We also take project suggestions. I love getting project suggestions. Um, and if email is not the thing to do because somebody said email is dead, I don't believe it. Um Ow. Yeah, um, you can leave it on one of our social media sites. So on Facebook, facebook.com slash kickcast or on the Twitter at kickcast for the show. Or you can just tweet it straight to Drew and I at night 20 for Drew with a K um, and, or at KT Data for me with, the, with, with, with a K. With a K. <laughs> there. Um, or if you use the Google Plus, Google Plus is not a ghost town. I'm, I'm, I'm to remind me again. Yeah, it's, it, not a ghost town. it's not a ghost town. I know, because my, my stream is always getting new content on there. You can find that at plus.kitcast.net, or you can watch in the uh, live. Live is always good. I love we, the live. We, Winston was talking. He was, yeah, he, was, he agreed with us saying that the price is a big turnoff for um, the for the um, foot blast. Foot blast, yeah. Um, on there. But, you know, we love chatting with people. I mean, before this, I was streaming Watch Dogs, and you could have seen how horrible I am at driving. I promise I'm not that <laughs> bad of a driver in real life. Just the game controls are a little wonky. On there. Our next live show is going to be June 9th, 2014, and you can find that at live.kickcast.net. 
Drew, you're like over a year now. As a I know this is amazing. It's crazy. Yeah. Can't believe I made it this far. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm waiting for the. So Drew's actually. Are you almost at fifty episodes of podcastings? Goodness, yeah. You Patreon? add everything. Yeah. Yeah, because it's forty-two, and I just did uh, number thirteen on my other ones. So I'm, I'm there. Yeah. So make sure I'm you guys 55. make sure you guys go check That's out veteran. Ch- check out Drew on his podcast because nobody wants to hear what I say. Everybody's here for Drew. <laughs> right, we, right. We all know the truth on here. No, no. It's for the gaming, if you love to play games, you love PlayStation. We do all things uh, Sony, and it is uh, we do that every week. So you could have an hour of me every week along with Rachel and Jeff, yeah. and it's a it's a blast. We do we do some good stuff. Yeah. If you ever wonder where I get these in- ideas for these intros, it's usually from there. Right. He watches the show, comes up with this crazy, ridiculous stories that I've told. Yeah. So you can get them firsthand. Good call. Yeah. And you, you can understand them. So so other than that, guys, make sure you check out KTData.net. I got tons of content coming out. One is yes. actually doing a KitCast Rewind of this thing right here, our phone joy. That will be actually out the day after this episode gets published. So make sure you go check it out and see what I thought about it. Yes. Oh, yes. And then I have one that I ought to get out for uh, maybe even for next week. I've got one that I uh, reviewed the keys. So a new key keychain. I'll I'll share that one soon. All right, guys. We will see you in two weeks. Night, night. Uh